Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 239 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Corinthians chapter 4 today, and our focus is on advice for every seminary student plus clay pot Christians. So every day, day in and day out, we read through the Word of God together. We listen to it, we think about it, we seek to follow it. That's the goal of this show. I would encourage you to invite people to jump along in there with us. Tell your friends, tell your neighbors. Share our website, Bible2021.com, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, etc. That's Bible2021.com. You can contact us there with questions and comments. We also have a transcript for every episode that you can look up including this one. So I've had a lot of experience in seminary, which is basically like a grad school for pastors. I went to two different seminaries myself and worked at a third seminary for around 10 years or so. I love it. I love seminary. I had a great experience both as a student and as somebody who worked there for uh, many years. And in our passage today, we find some advice from the Apostle Paul that really should be read by seminary students studying to be pastors and Bible teachers and things like that at the beginning of every week. And also, in case you think, well, I'm not in uh, seminary, but I think also by church leaders at least once a week. The wisdom in this passage helps you and I avoid so many of the pitfalls that can come when we are seeking to minister to people. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 6, If our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So what wisdom do we see here? A lot. But let me pull out three things that I see that strikes me. Number one, God's word is veiled or like hidden over, made obscure. That, you know, the kind of veil where you can't see the bride's face. That's the illusion that Paul is using here. God's word is veiled to some and clear to others. It is sweet smelling perfume to some, as he's already told us, and the stench of death to others. Why? Well, scripture gives various reasons for that. It's not always the same reason. Sometimes has it's because God has not opened a person's heart to receive God's word. Sometimes, as in this passage, the enemy blinds their mind so they can't see the goodness of the good news. Sometimes, says Jesus in Mark chapter 4, the worries of this world and the necessities of life take over and choke out the word. It can be any number of reasons, and sometimes we just don't know what it is, and thus you and I should never treat anybody who rejects the good news with any sort of disrespect or unkindness or impatience or especially not a holier-than-thou prideful kind of attitude. Patient love is always called for. Number two thing I see here. Our message has nothing to do with our merit as followers of Jesus. He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the King. We're just servants of those we speak to. Thus, we have to always maintain an attitude and an air of servants. Not enemies. Not rivals. Servants. We serve those we seek to take the good news to. We don't like attack them on social media and grumble and complain about them and all that kind of stuff. Number three thing I see, we weren't saved. If you're a Christian, you and I, we were not saved by our superior understanding nor by our spiritual merit. 
We were saved by God shining the light of Jesus into our hearts. And there's no room for pride there. Wouldn't it be ridiculous if a guy that was just rescued by the Coast Guard who was about to drown in stormy seas, if he got up on the boat and as he was still dripping wet, he started bragging about what a great swimmer he was? Of course, that would be ridiculous. It would be silly. It would be the height of uh, pomposity and, and arrogance. And us... Christians behaving as if we did anything to contribute to our salvation is pretty much like that guy that was just rescued bragging about his swimming ability. Well, let's go ahead and read our passage, and then we're going to discuss one of Paul's best and most humbling metaphors for what it means to be a Christian. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, since we have this ministry because we were shown mercy, we do not give up. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. But if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, we have this treasure in clay jars, so that this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So then, death is at work in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, we also believe and therefore speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day, for our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. So what is a Christian? You know, the word Christian itself does not mean little Christ. You probably heard that before. I don't know. I may have even said that before. That's not what the word means. It doesn't mean little Christ. It doesn't certainly mean baby Christ or anything ridiculous like that. The suffix I-A-N-O-S, Christianos, which is how the Greek has Christian, when added on to a name at the end, could indicate like a slave-master relationship. Like Christianus would be the slave of Christ, or even a general soldier relationship. Like Christianus could be like a soldier serving under a general named Christ. It basically means a follower in a sense that a slave serves his master and a servant, a soldier follows their general. But all through the Bible, there are many illustrations and metaphors used for followers of Christ. And today's this is kind of surprising. And probably a little bit humbling and really, really spot on descriptive. And here's what Paul calls us in 2 Corinthians 4. We have this treasure in clay jars. So this extraordinary power may be from God and not from us. 
Hello? We are the clay jars. Fragile, unimpressive, not super beautiful, but carrying the greatest treasure in the world. So what is that treasure? Well, 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. So Christians, we're containers, we're bearers of the light of the world. And in other places, Paul calls this treasure a mystery and says that it is worth every ounce of our effort to tell the world all about the glorious treasure or the glorious mystery. He says in Colossians 1, 27 through 29, God wanted to make known among the Gentiles the glorious wealth of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We proclaim him, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we may present everyone mature in Christ. I labor for this, striving with his strength that works powerfully in me. So who are you? Well, as a follower of Christ created by God, you are a treasure of invaluable worth because you're made in the image of God and nobody else has been created quite like you. On the other hand, you and I are very simply clay pots that carry something enormously important, like the box that might carry the crown jewels of England, only way more important than that, or the case that holds the Declaration of Independence, or I don't know, the Constitution, the Magna Carta, whatever, only again, way more important than that. We are bearers of the great treasure, the great light, the great mystery that the world needs, and we must share that treasure wholeheartedly, even though we're only like boxes, jars earthen vessel. So let's close with some words from Pastor Tony Evans on being a clay pot or an earthen vessel. He says this, the life of Christ in verse seven, Paul says, we have it in earthen vessels. That means clay pots. You say, I'm not supposed to be living in discouragement. No, you don't understand, says Pastor Tony. Christ is in you, but the you he's in is a clay pot. He calls it an earthen vessel. It's weak. It breaks easily. Christ doesn't break. The pot that Christ is in breaks, it cracks, it chips, and it it just kind of gets older and older physically, and it can become emotionally unstable. And Paul says, the surpassing grace of the power of God may not be from ourselves. God will let the plate, the clay pot, chip so that you can see who's really the power here. He will let you try it all you can by yourself until you've given up and say, look, I can't take it anymore. Ah, yeah, we get persecuted, but we never are forsaken. We get struck down, but we won't be destroyed, he says, because we are always carried about in our body the dying of Jesus that the life of Christ may also be manifested in our clay pots. So if you're discouraged today, God is showing you you're a clay pot. And what he wants you to do is understand that the pot can't fix itself. He wants you to stop believing that old lie of the devil. He wants you to stop believing that just because you're discouraged, that means God has left you. God has gone elsewhere. No, he just wants you to look up. God wants you to believe him when believing him is the last thing you want to believe. So there's Tony Evans talking about the difficulty and the fragility of being a clay pot but reminding us that our eyes should be on God and that we are carrying an inestimable treasure in the good news and the light and the glory of Christ. Well, let's close with our Bible memory verse for the month of August. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 6, which says, Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy, is not boastful, is not arrogant, is not rude, is not self-seeking, is not irritable, and does not keep a record of wrongs. Love finds no joy in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Amen. Good day, friends, and Godspeed.